just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to Do Go On Presents. (laughs) Oh man, I like saying that. We've landed in like high society or something. (laughs) Oh, good day. Good day. Let us present you with something. <laughs> Is that how it works? I don't yeah, know. I think so. That's how high society Ow. does it. Ow, I'm presenting you. Are they often presenting things? Yes. Their he's, butts. He's presenting. <laughs> That's how they do it behind closed doors. What's a good butler name? Uh, but- jives. Jives. Ch- you Chives. 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 Clean my monocle. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir, Professor Herb. <laughs> that is not that is not the first time that's been said. God, no. Certainly no. not. And I mean, Dave would know all about it. He grew up with a butler, didn't you? Didn't you, Dave? Yeah, well, I mean. We assume. Multiple. Yes. Obviously. Butlers. Multiple you were, butts. You butts. were firing and hiring like there's no Oh, totally. Yeah. Toddler tyrant he yeah, was. you fuck up something over here. Oh, you didn't pack up my Lego right. You're dead. Oh. <laughs> just fired. Oh, Dave. Dead. You're fired out of a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Into the ocean. <laughs> he didn't even live the ocean. No. <laughs> and you will be wearing concrete boots <laughs> and nothing else. Need, need a powerful cannon. <laughs> wow, Dave. And maybe next time you put the blue blocks in the blue box. <laughs> <laughs> did you not realise wow. that there wouldn't be a next time? Yeah, well. <laughs> or did you believe in reincarnation? In well, it was a lesson to the rest of the butlers right. yeah, who yeah. went along, along the shore watching of course. their friend and colleague. <laughs> Be blasted to his uh, demise. Wow, oh. Dave. Oh, you're a really bad child. Yeah, so that's what this podcast <laughs> episode is. Now, if you're wondering why we popped up in your feed uh, midweek in between um, 
what we've got here is a special little taster. Ooh, little little uh, cheese and chives tasting plate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yum, Thank yum, you. Yum. Thank you, chives. A <laughs> um, little taster of uh, a great podcast that um, is also on the Planet Broadcasting Network called Just Make the Thing, mm. hosted by uh, Planet Broadcasting head honcho Claire Tonti. We and- call her the Tonts. Yeah. Uh, well, that's never happened before, but from uh, now well, on, we call her the Tonts. Yo, Tonte! <laughs> Tonta! Hey! <laughs> All right! Oh, Tonte! That's the most animated I've ever seen your face. Um, was that, I was trying to work out, was that John Travolta? I don't know. Hey! Hey, Mr. Tonte! Mrs. Tonte! Oh, oh! Oh, wow. Okay, I hated all of that. Um, all right, I won't do my John Travolta anymore. We were really trying to encourage people to listen uh, to yeah. Claire's show, and I, I imagine we might be talking amongst ourselves. Well, now. how would you best Is anyone describe, still listening? How would you best describe Claire's show? Oh, I'd call it a, a deep dive. A deep dive. Uh, the into I- the psyches mm. of her guests. The idea of it being uh, talking to people about making creative projects, um, starting to make things and then continuing to make them. That's a way of encouraging others to yeah. just get out there, just make the thing, make that podcast, write that blog, yeah. write that script, do whatever. Yeah, stop and, procrastinating. And just keep it going. Yeah. And it and it's, um yeah, and I guess trying to inspire people by talking to people who have been making things and hearing about their experiences, trying yeah. to make it relatable and less scary, I, mean, I she, guess. And she's had some pretty impressive guests as well. She's had um, Will Anderson on the pod, um, Luke McGregor and Celia Picole. That's a really good episode, Ooh, and yes. I love them. Very I really like that one a lot as well. Um, uh, Geraldine Hickey, Mister Sunday Movies, of course. Um, Jess Harris, heaps of heaps of amazing um, artists of uh, lots of different, you know, mediums. And then, in a whole other category. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Above. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Good save. It goes Will Anderson, then way (laughs) above in terms of creativity and productivity. Yeah. Right. In terms of track record. Yeah. Yes. Runs on the board. Yeah. They are having a dig at me. Uh, Well, kind of all of us in a way. Yeah, true. (laughs) We've all been on there. We have all been on. So you can listen to um, uh, episodes with the boys as well. But what we're going to play for you now is just a little taster. Of my chat. A little morsel. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, with a thin. Of my chat. <laughs> with Claire Tonti. And Just Make the Thing. Now, I've listened to it, Jess, and mm. I thought it was a great episode. Mm. Really, really uh, shows a lot behind the scenes of your creative working life. And uh, I learned stuff about you that I didn't know, even really? though we've been working together for three, nearly three years now. Because you just don't ask the questions. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. Not like, not like Tanti does. <laughs> Tanti! <laughs> I just said her name. <laughs> you know, as I like to call her, by her name. Mm, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I learned a, learn a lot about you as well. And then I messaged, I listened to your episode and I messaged Claire straight after. I said, hey, can I record mine again? Because <laughs> Jess did it better than me. <laughs> I mean, there is a reason that we're playing Jess's episode, not Matt. All right. <laughs> yeah. But you can listen to those as well. <laughs> They're very good. So, yeah, we're going to play you a big chunk of it now, and then we're going to drop in and uh, have a chat to you at the end of the episode. And if you love it, which we think you will, you can go out and subscribe to uh, Just Make the Thing. And we'll talk about this at the end of this, but uh, on planetbroadcasting.com or on iTunes or all the all the pod apps. Yes. And we this definitely- is, I mean, this is just the first episode of Do Go On Presents. Who knows what will be next? Maybe what? Beethoven's Symphony the Third. Mm-hmm. Probably. Probably. Here is a three-hour symphony. <laughs> Enjoy. We'll come back at the end. <laughs> Oh, wasn't that great? Well, enough waffling from us. You can hear some more waffling from me now. 
This episode is brought to you by Planet Broadcasting's 2018 partnership with Care Australia and Everyday Hero, supporting women and girls living in extreme poverty around the world. To donate to our campaign, visit planetbroadcasting.com or click on the link in the show notes below. Great people do things before they're ready. They do things before they know they can do it. And by doing it, they're proven right. Amy Puller. Hello and welcome to Just Make The Thing, a podcast of people like me. I'm your host, Claire Tonti, for people who want to start a thing and keep on making it. Jess Perkins, or Bop as she's sometimes called, is an Australian comedian, a radio host on Triple J, and one third of the very hilarious comedy trivia pod, Do Go On. This girl has the most infectious laugh and is a downright smart and talented human. She's also a very wise one. I love that she jumped into stand-up by entering into the Raw Comedy Festival, and I think she proves Amy Puller right. If you don't jump in before you're ready, you may never jump in at all. What she has to say on failure, on self-doubt, and also about being a woman in the comedy industry is fascinating. Jess and I could have chin-wagged all day and did before and after I turned off the mics. I love her perspective on the world, her work ethic, and her love of joyful, silly storytelling comedy, because that's the kind that I love too. Okay, here we go. The latest episode of Just Make The Thing with a delightful bop. So, Jess Perkins. Hello. 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 Thank you for coming on Just Make The Thing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Oh, goodness. Okay, no pressure. Yeah. It's going to be good. I never appear on anyone else's podcasts. So, no. (laughs) (laughs) This is a huge honor for you. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. I know. I've been like preparing the house like the queen is coming. (laughs) We haven't just like thrown her little cushions on the floor for our soundproofing (laughs) and our dog hasn't attacked you. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's totally fine. It's amazing the service yeah (laughs) and if you can hear something in the background that is the podcast dog trying to get in to bully Jess but hopefully James will take her soon and it'll all be fine um so so I wanted to start I've been wanting to talk to you for ages actually Mm. because you do lots of cool stuff lots Mm. of creative stuff because it shows all about how to start a thing and keep on making it so I wanted to ask you first when you realized you were funny oh wow um, I think, uh, I think as a kid, I was aware that was something that was, that was in me. And I only realized recently that my parents, particularly my mum, really, um, like praised that or put an emphasis on that. I remember in, in primary school, a couple of times when there'd be events on or something and your parents had to write you a letter. Whether it was like we were out on school camp or or coming up to milestones in our lives, and they'd get our parents to write us letters. And I remember I've got them, and a couple of them, Mum would sort of write that, you know, you've got this sense of humour that's beyond your years, and and you can light up a room, like all those beautiful Mum things. Yeah. But it's because they kind of praised that in me that I was like, oh, well, I'm funny. You know, like that was just something I was. Like I was like part of your personality. Yeah, which I think is a a great thing to instill in a kid. Oh, I'll be really disappointed. And I'm sorry if my son's listening to this in the future. (laughs) I'll be so disappointed if he's not funny. Right? (laughs) Will be. Oh, my God. My boyfriend and I were talking about that recently. We're like, what if we had a kid and they were like a real nerd? (laughs) Oh, our kid will be a real nerd. Yeah. I reckon, but... 
but what but a funny one funny one have a sense oh, of humor God, i don't know what if they're like a real straight laced accountant type yeah and i knew you hate accountants i know i do hate <laughs> accountants but yeah that would be um that would be the only way my children could disappoint me is to <laughs> not have a sense of humor doesn't matter what they do in their career no, maybe they never have a job but if they're not funny yeah get out of the perkins household i can't judge their career choices like <laughs> look what i've been doing with my degree <laughs> like nothing so whatever they want to do is fine but just have a sense of humor well, you've got a, a journalism degree. I do, yeah. 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 What made you choose? Why did you laugh? Because <laughs> it's so silly. Well, you're working on radio now. I know, it's true. That's I, pretty official. I have always joked that I never did anything with my degree, but I kind of I kind of do now. I work for the ABC now. Yeah, that's a real grown-up job. <laughs> yeah, I had to do like... Um, I had to do some editorial policies training and I was going what? through it. And I was like, yeah, this is all, I know this. Why am I doing this training? And then I was like, oh, you know this because you've done the degree. <laughs> You're you using your the, degree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that thing that you've got a lot of yeah. debt for, yeah. which is like James has a business degree and a teacher degree and uses oh. neither now. Yep. When he did business, it was like make a flyer and hand it around. <laughs> Very different. Really um, good. Yeah. So, yeah, why journalism? Why did you decide that? Well, um, when I finished year 12, this is, oh, this is like a big, um, a big moment in my life. When I did year 12, I did drama and I got a perfect score in my drama solo. Um, top, it's like top 1% in the state so, kind of thing. I know, that's why yeah. I did a big. <gasps> yeah, it was, so cool. it was a big deal and it was something that I wanted and worked so hard on. And so then I got, um, I'll, I promise this is getting to the point. <laughs> then I got um, invited to audition for Top Class, which um, is the best uh, drama solos in the state. They pick a handful of them. You audition, they pick a handful and you perform at a showcase. And um, I got, that's all I wanted. When I got, when I was in year 12, all I wanted was to be drama captain, to win the Performing Arts Award and to get to do top class. And so I was drama captain. I'd won the Performing Arts Award and I was like, I'm going to – I really want top class. Yeah. And I fucked the audition. I didn't I didn't complete – like the, the performance was fine but I started too early. I wasn't focused enough and I didn't do my best. Mm. Um, so I didn't get it and I also didn't get into the Performing Arts course that I wanted to do because my – ATAR, my enter score wasn't high enough because you needed to be like really good at maths and biology to get into performing arts, which made mm, a lot of sense. Necessary. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, it was sort of the first time I'd really, really tried at something and failed. And instead of getting back up, I stayed down. Um, my dad always says like, and it's not something that he's thought of, but he always reminds me like fall down seven times, get up eight. Mm. And it was, I stayed down. And I, I still credit that. I'm like, yeah, I just stayed down. I gave up and I didn't try at things again. And so then my backup option was um, I got into creative arts and culture at ACU, <laughs> which, is, which is just an arts degree, but you had to major in something creative. Uh-huh. Okay. So I was a drama and literature major. Um, and in my drama classes, we would read plays. We wouldn't perform anything. There was no performance element. Mm. We would just sit and read plays. Yeah, and I was sort of like, this course is going to get me nowhere. Mm. And I wasn't enjoying it. So I stuck it out for a year and then I looked at a few different things. I actually looked at doing paramedicine. Wow. I wanted to be a paramedic. I looked at a few different things and then I ended up transferring over to Deakin Uni and doing media and communications. Um, So I did all sorts of things like PR and general media and stuff like that and then kind of fell into uh, majoring in journalism. 
and I had a minor in literature and film studies as well. So mm. it was kind of a fairly rounded education. But, yeah, I ended up with a major in journalism and did work experience at like Channel 10 and, and a newspaper and stuff like that. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think I even doing those internships, I was like, nah, this isn't quite – for me yeah did you love the writing element of it yeah is that why you chose it in the end yeah absolutely and I remember feeling like I I think I finished uni kind of going I learned nothing but I realized much later that what it actually taught me was um which is funny because you don't see it a lot in journalism but I can't jump to conclusions I actually need to have all sides of information and stories to to make up my mind and I only noticed that years later when like I, I told mum about a story I'd read in the newspaper and she was just like, oh, what a monster, he should be in prison. And I was like, well, hang on, you've only heard one tiny part of it and you've jumped to a conclusion. And that's when I was like, oh, my degree taught me something. <laughs> so that's kind of nice. That's a huge thing, especially now mm. in the climate we're living in, to be able to have that, yeah. to know that there's two sides to everything. There's multiple sides, yeah. yeah. There's at least two. At least upside and downside as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can look at it from so many different So many, and angles. and intention and context and so many different mm. things perception can mm. can make it so different from so many different angles it's really interesting oh completely and the way that you were raised shapes your world yeah. and your world experience yeah oh, 100% agree with that so what changed you went you did your journalism degree mm. and you were down you said you yeah were like, nah performing arts but what made you go okay go to do something I think it was I don't even remember how it came about, but I I knew that there was a – or I found out there was a training course at SIN, Student Youth Network Radio, and my friend and I decided to go along to that. It was like one night a week for, you know, a period of time, whatever it was, and um, uh, we went and did that, and then from there you could sort of have your own show. So we were doing like this late-night show and, and we were doing the graveyard shifts and just sort of having a go at it, and I realised that I really liked radio – and I did more and more at Sin and there was one show that was called In Joke and it was just after a, a big breakup for me. Like um, I was 24 and it was like a six-year relationship Aww. ended and I saw this thing on the Sin Facebook page that was like, we're looking for hosts for In Joke, you know, uh, mm. apply if you want to um, give it a go. And I sort of went, oh, I'd kind of like to do that. And my usual default would be to go, oh, I kind of want to do that and check with him. Not check with him for permission, but be like, what, what do you, you reckon? Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. wait for that validation. Yeah. But now I only had myself to back me. Mm. So I went, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. And that turned out, I think I did that for six months or close to a year or something. Um, and we would just go see comedy shows and um, interview comedians. And it got me back into that world of comedy that I had loved as a teenager um, like I introduced my parents to the comedy festival who've lived in Melbourne they're pretty much their whole lives. Well, and they just had never... Never really seen much or yeah. done much. But this teenager was like, I've got to go see all these shows and I need a guardian. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what they did, which was great. Um, so, yeah, it kind of got me back into comedy and then I just signed up for Raw and I was like, I'm going to give this a go. That is ballsy. Cause it's that stupid. Is a big di- yeah. <laughs> it's a big difference though from being like, I'm doing community radio, mm. like where you don't see the audience to going, I'm going to get up in front of hundreds of people yep. and try and make them laugh. Yeah. What was that first gig like? Amazing. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. Oh. And because I was a drama nerd at school yeah. and was always, always lent more towards the comedy 
for mm. sure. Like all my at my solo and everything was always comedic. Um, so I knew that I loved being on a stage and I knew I could make people laugh. Mm. Um, but it was a different different type. Like, you know, we'd done sketches and stuff like that at school, characters. Now I was just telling stories as me. Um, but I think Raw is a perfect place for someone to start because you've got a pretty big audience and they're really eager mm. and they're really up for it and they're very supportive. So we went, uh, my parents were there, a few friends were there, and I think that was good too that I told people I was doing it because then it meant I had to. Yeah. Because the day before I was like, I don't, you know what, maybe I won't, maybe I just <laughs> won't do it, maybe I just won't turn up. Yeah. I just won't do it. Yeah. And I had to because other people were coming. Um, and it was a great gig. I went on like third and did really well and got through to the next round and it just kind of went from there. So the yeah. second the second gig must have been like a um, – a, a, a preliminary final mm. or something like that um, or a next heat, whatever it was. And then after that I got a message on Facebook from Pete Jones, who's a comedy um, yeah. comedy person, <laughs> he's yeah. a comedian, and um, he just asked me to come down and, and do a gig at a room he was running and that's sort of how I started to meet other comedians. And then it just made it less daunting mm. because the thing that scared me so much about stand-up was um, – like I didn't, I didn't know the logistics. Like if you're going to go and sign up for a room, where do you sign up? Who do you talk to? Where do you stand? Little things yeah, like that, yeah. stupid little details. Um, but then I started to meet people and that made it a lot less scary. Wow. And, and so you sort of felt like you'd found your thing? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. felt like I found my people or a place that I belonged. Because, yeah. I mean, we all – I had a pretty good time at high school. I wasn't you – know, like. A, I wasn't like a drama captain. Mm. Yeah, everybody loved Jess Perkins. Oh, yeah, everybody loves the drama captain. Yeah, yeah. No, but I was kind of – I was friends with everyone, I guess. But mm. it felt more like um, – I did feel like I was a bit different and then meeting comedy people, I was like, oh, okay, these people don't think I'm weird or like a bit out there. They're, they're just my people, Yeah, which is cool. So cool. Yeah. It's interesting that it was a breakup that kind of pushed you – into mm. doing something again because I often hear that from people that maybe not necessarily break up but it often is it's some kind of cataclysmic mm. life-altering thing that happens to you that pushes you in a new direction um do you have you always had uh, James and I talk about this a little bit like a creative itch like a thing that you have to make stuff and if you're not making stuff you're sort of miserable yeah and I didn't I think I didn't realize I had that Oh. until I started making stuff and now I can't really stop like I can't I, I get overwhelmed if I'm too busy but if I stop for a little while I also just get really anxious and kind of bored I'm yeah. like oh I gotta do something I'm not doing anything I'm not being productive yeah um so yeah but but I still haven't I feel like I haven't quite nailed exactly what it is that I'm good at like I think there's I think there's something more I think there's but I don't know what it is but I'll find it that's exciting. Man. Yeah. Maybe that's actually something. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, not in a way that's like, oh my God, it's expanding like yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing more customers, yes. more interest. Not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's yeah. all, oh, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products or you offer services like massage or oh. nails oh my gosh. or uh, consulting. Should we after this get mani-pedis? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you yeah. might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos and updates. You can categorize, you can share and schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh, yeah. It looks like Jess has just uploaded something, What it? but it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. Capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organise your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. That you'll always feel. Probably. Because I spoke to Will Anderson and he said that too, that he had like a hundred things that he wished he hadn't got to yet. And he was like, I probably won't have time to do. Yeah. So maybe when you're a creative person, you always want to have that. Like, what's the next thing? Yeah, I think I'll so. Get there. What's the next thing I could do? What's yeah. the next thing? It's almost like it's never enough or it's, you yeah. always want something more. I think that's definitely true. Because mm. you'll sort of, you'll tick something off a list or you'll achieve something you wanted to and then it's like, okay, but you, you, you can't be happy with that for very long. Yeah. So it's like, what's next? Yeah. How do you feel when you come off the stage immediately after a gig? Yeah, good. Really good. Well, if the gig's gone well, if it's gone badly, it's like, well, <laughs> where's the nearest bridge? Um, <laughs> how do you go with that if you, because I know you said you've had that failure early on and that really put you down mm. how do you cope with it now when it doesn't go well like that I think you learn pretty quickly especially with something like stand-up that there are going to be rough gigs and it's not always in your control mm. um, sometimes you can turn a gig around sometimes you absolutely can't but you see really good acts have rough gigs sometimes and you're like it's just the nature of the beast mm. and it one bad gig doesn't define you just like one good gig doesn't define you um so and I think it also when it when it's early because I had early success like I was doing really well with raw comedy and stuff like that that I ended up going to the I got through the national final and the national final was my seventh ever gig oh my god like I was really green but other people didn't know how new I was so I always felt like early on I felt like I had to be really good every gig because they expected more of me um, but I think it comes down to like you don't judge one you don't judge a comedian based on one performance you see of theirs because I've seen people like the first time I saw them they bombed and then I've had it in my head that that person sucks yeah. then you might see them again later and they're absolutely destroying and you're like oh no I was wrong I saw them on an off night and so now I'm a bit more confident in the fact that people in the comedy community know me and know that I'm a capable comedian. Yeah. So if I have a bad gig, it was a bad gig. I'm not a bad comedian. 
Yeah. So I think that that helps with rough gigs now because you go, I'm not a bad comedian, that was a bad gig and that's Mm. it. That's like life advice in general, hey, like your mistakes don't define who you are. Yeah. They're just things that happen Things that happen. And same with good things. They don't necessarily define who you are. Yeah. Well, I guess they hopefully they do more so than the bad things, but like, yeah, you 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 can't do one good deed and be like, well, <laughs> I'm a good person now. Like it's yeah. yeah, wear a medal around your neck and just be like, oh, I'm excellent, everybody. <laughs> Did the me. dishes? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, wanting winning at life. Yeah, wanting winning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I uh, I often struggled with that too. I think and doing this podcast has been really good in that way that you start to learn that there's always another thing Mm. and there's always something else to try or something else to experiment with. And if you just give up at the very first hurdle, you're never going to make anything. Yeah. You know. You're just going to, yeah, you're denying yourself all these amazing opportunities. Yeah. 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 And to really be good at something, you have to keep building on it. Absolutely. Lots of little steps. Yeah. Yeah. And you often don't quite realise that you've become good at something. Like somebody was asking me recently, um, uh, my friend Naomi, she was going to be doing a like a demo with a radio station, and she asked for some tips about you know, radio, and I kind of thought like, "Fuck, if I, I don't know what I'm doing." But then I gave her all this advice, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I do kind of have an idea of what I'm doing with something I've been doing for about five years." Yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah you probably you probably have some idea, and I'm still yeah. learning. There's still heaps that I I can learn from it, but like I do know something. <laughs> Yeah, after five years, you know a lot. You kind of know what you're doing in a way. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So I think it sneaks up on you and then you're like, oh, shit, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm great. It's Mm. really nice, yeah. And then I think life also can teach you, once you get to that moment, then you realise, actually, no, I don't know that too. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know everything. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's it's a continual learning process. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about Dugan. How did that eventuate? My my favourite thing. Um, Yeah. Uh, the boys have told me that um, they recorded a couple of episodes. Um, I think it was originally Dave's idea is what mm, I heard. That's was, what Dave was saying yeah. on the show. We Dave's idea and he did it with Matt because Matt also had sort of a bit of a trivia background and they just sort of found that it was a bit hard with two voices because you sort of got one person doing the report and one other person going, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's really hard to riff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... I remember being at a gig in Footscray and Matt was on and we were just sort of chatting afterwards and he was just very casually leaning against a table and he just said, oh, like Dave and I have been doing this podcast and um, wondered if you'd wanted to to come in and join us for it. And I was like, yeah, okay, I guess. I didn't really know much about podcasts. I just liked both of those guys because I'd met them through the community radio I'd been doing and they both came on my web series. And um, Oh, which is great, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I guess that was that was me just wanting to make something. It was just a passion project. I was like, I just want to make something. This is an idea I've had. And one of my friends was just like, then we're doing it. We're making it. And we did. Oh. And it was really cool. Um, but it also meant I got to – it was sort of my first introduction to Stupid Old Studios and all of those guys and – um, meant I, I met a lot of people, which was cool. But apparently um, Matt and Dave were sort of talking and it was like, oh, you know, who do you think we should get? And uh, I think oh, let's say Dave said, what about Jess Perkins? And Matt went, I was thinking her too. So I was sort of like they both thought of me Aww. and brought me in and here we are like a couple of years later still going. I know. It's and crazy. it's the best. It's my favourite thing that I do. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Why? 
Because it's genuinely so fun. Like we really enjoy it. We never would have thought it would turn into what it has turned into. Mm. Like if you told me two and a half years ago that in two and a half years you're going to have a joint bank account with Matt Stewart and Dave Warnicky, <laughs> I'd be like, why? <laughs> why am I going to have that? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're like a, it's like a business now. And um, But I think if you get into a podcast thinking, well, this is going to be my job and it's going to be how I make heaps of money, it's it's not going to happen because you're coming in at the wrong the wrong angle yeah. was we just came in at like, this is fun. And it, it it still is. It's still always fun. I can be in a really bad mood or I can be really down and I'll head for the studio knowing that just talking to them is going to cheer me up. Aww. And it always does. Yeah. They annoy me <laughs> <laughs> and I mother them yeah. and uh, that, that annoys Matt. But um, yeah, they're, they're like two of my best mates now and it's my favourite thing that I do. It comes across in the show, mm. definitely, because I think that's the feedback I hear from people a lot, that they just laugh along with you. Yeah. Because it's not just the reports, but the friendship that yeah. you have and the way that you interact with each other and make fun of each other. And Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's, it's we make fun of each other, but it's with a lot of love. Yeah. Mm. It always comes from... Well, it doesn't come from a good place when you're making fun of someone, but it's it's there's no malice, there's no um, bad intentions. It is always friendly, and that means that the way people interact with us is much the same too. Like they'll muck around with us and they'll hang shit on us, but it's always in a pretty friendly way. Yeah. And I think the way that you interact on a podcast determines how people will interact with you as well. Hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. we're very lucky that we are friendly with one another because people tend to be nice to us as well, which is good. Like, please don't abuse me on Twitter. No, no, I couldn't handle that. I don't like it. No, no. I think that's like ultimately the whole planet broadcasting thing is like that. Mm. And it is. It's because of the way people speak to each other on their shows and then in the community, we, yeah, we're trying to build that yeah. kind of positive stuff which I think is really rare on the internet. Yeah. The internet, it sounds like it can be a really scary place for women. Yes. Do you reckon? Yes. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. I mean, we get we get quite a lot of feedback from the podcast, whether it's re- reviews on iTunes or whether it's tweets or emails or Facebook, whatever it is, we get heaps. Mm. And 98% of it is really positive. Mm. Um, and, yeah, the, the small percentage that isn't, uh, I find I get the most feedback in general. Really? Like whether positive or negative, I'll get the most feedback. Yeah. But the negative stuff is pretty rough sometimes. Wow. And the boys are amazing in that they will back me whatever I decide to do. So generally we would always ignore. We won't engage with a bully or anything like that. What's really nice though is that the other listeners will. So I remember once oh. this guy was like trolling us on Instagram he didn't even follow us, but he would look us up and just leave abusive messages about me, like wishing death upon me. And call- about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called me like he was saying that the boys were starting to sound like me and uh, get rid of her, get a real host on, stuff like that. Oh my God. Calling me fat and things like that too. And I was just like, oh my- <laughs> okay. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, you know, you read it on first reading, you're kind of like, Jesus. But then I like would read it again and go, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, yeah. what? And then. We would discuss it with the boys because sometimes I just need to kind of vent. I just need them to go, that sucks, dude. You know, yeah. and, then I, and then I'm fine. But they'll always back me with whatever I want to do. So if I want to engage with someone and, and shut someone down, 
they'll back me, that's fine, or generally will ignore. But with this guy, a couple other people would, be, would like comment and be like, dude, what are you talking about? Or don't listen if you hate it so much. Jess is the best. And like they'd be really supportive. Aww. And I was like, oh, okay, these guys are all right. That's awesome. But you do get some weird stuff, so, yeah, especially being female and a lot of marriage proposals and you're just like, <laughs> you don't know me. No, I'm not going to be your girlfriend. <laughs> nah. No, thanks. No, thanks. No, not, not random internet, man. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, good. I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know that you got that kind of feedback. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Why do you think, like, other than just, do you think it is just that you're a woman and you're being in comedy? I don't, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's, it can be so many different factors. I think it is a woman, um, I think it's a funny woman. Mm. Um, which is intimidating because that means intelligent woman. Um, but also, like most most people will really like my laugh. I've got a quite a loud laugh. It's the best. <laughs> I love your laugh. A lot of people do, and that's really really nice. But you'll get other people like, "Shut up!" <laughs> I'm like, "Well, don't listen, guys." Yeah, don't listen. If you hate it that much, yeah. it's it's part of what I contribute to the show. Yeah, it's infectious. It's one of my favorite yeah. parts. It's so silly, but yeah, yeah. So it is. It is a bit strange. I'm not entirely sure what it is that motivates people to to send hate, but it does tend to be. I, I don't know. Maybe the boys get it, and I don't see it as mm. much. But they they definitely don't like me sometimes. Um, but I don't care. Yay! Yeah. I think you get to a point where you're just like, no, I'm I'm secure in what I'm doing, and I'm going to focus on the good feedback. Yeah. And constructive criticism, I, I'm always very open to. Mm. But just saying, like, you're shit and you're not funny and your laugh's annoying. I'm like, well, that's not very constructive, is it? No, that's Can't not- change any of those things. So, <laughs> so move on. Move on. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Yeah. There is a kind of thing, because James gets that a lot on Mr. Sunday Movies on mm. his YouTube, particularly. They get like, they have a whole segment on their show called Hate Mail, <laughs> which is just that James reading out death threats and like ridiculous <laughs> things people say. Um, and he deals with it by. Yeah, just laughing about it. You in have the to. End. Yeah, and in a way, you sort of think the bigger that you get, if you're not getting hate mail yet, that means you're not that big. In yeah, a way. <laughs> that's <laughs> a great way of looking at it. it. Yeah. Like if you're getting hate mail, you're like, yeah, I think I've made it now. Yeah, I've done well. it. Yeah, but I do think there is something about that whole men being threatened thing. Yep. Which I don't understand because I would never write to someone. I, I mean, I very rarely write to anyone on the internet that I follow anyway. Yeah. But I can't ever imagine being like, I don't know what I'm going to say. You're an idiot and yeah. I hate your laugh. Like, it's so strange. I would never yeah. do that either. But it's also the thing that bothers me is that um, like I would get feedback that has nothing to do with what I'm employed to do. So my job... Well, I have many jobs, but mostly is to be a comedian, mm. to do a podcast or to do radio. Like mm. I, I, that's what I'm there for. Mm. So I actually get like, and it sounds so stupid, but I get really annoyed when people will be like, you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> not that that happens often. I'm not bragging, but like if people just like, yeah, guys will send me messages on Instagram or, or anywhere and just be like, you're so beautiful. I'm like, that's not my job. No. Don't compliment me on that. That's not what my, I'm employed for. I'm I'm intelligent and I'm funny. That's what yeah. I'm employed for. I, you can say, I think you're really funny or thanks for making a great podcast or whatever or the opposite if that's what you want. But don't talk about my looks. I, that's not what I'm here for. No. 
And that bothers me for some reason. Well, I think that's reasonable, but it's just like, yeah. no, nah, piss off. Yeah. Mm. I completely understand. Why do you think it bothers you? Um, because I don't want to be seen as because that feels like it's something you'd only say to a woman. I don't feel like the boys get, mm. gosh, you're handsome. <laughs> oh, love that outfit on you. Yeah. Mm, marry me. Yeah, God, you look good. Or aren't you cute? And like, I, I feel like it's just something that men feel it's okay to say to women. But it's not, and it's not, yeah, you don't know me, for starters. Yeah. We're not friends. If a friend comes up to me and says, you look nice today, or, oh, you've had a haircut, that looks good, whatever, that's yeah. fine. And, and a lot of the time it can be friendly, Yeah. and that's fine. And it's funny that, like, people will notice that I have a haircut and will say, oh, Jess, your hair looks good. And that's, you know, that's fine. That's not yeah. creepy or anything. It's when it, no. it's when it crosses that boundary and it's a bit, bit creepy or a bit too personal or something, it's like, no... Like yeah. I th- I've got one once that I just ignored and it said something like, um, all three of you on the podcast are really funny, but you're the only one who's also truly beautiful or something oh. like that. I was just like, gross, dude. Just say you're all funny. Just say you're all really funny and I like the show. Yeah, Leave it at that. Exactly. This is such an important conversation I think to have because I'm sure there are a lot of blokes out there that like, would be like, what? but I'm saying you're beautiful. I'm giving you a yeah. compliment. What is the problem? Yeah. And I think I went to Silly Bacola's show last night and she was talking a little bit about the whole Me Too stuff mm. and all of this conversation. And I think it's about us saying this kind of stuff mm. and guys hearing it and being like, oh, it's not okay if I don't know you yeah. and I like what you do to then sort of, it feels like you're objectifying us yeah, exactly. into something like just the way we look. Yep. I'm just an object. Yeah. But it's I'm not. I'm a fully formed human. I can attest to that. You're yeah. in my house, <laughs> sitting on the couch. I'm real. Yeah. I'm a person. I have feelings, sometimes too many feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and I work really hard on lots of different things, mm. one of which is not my looks or my appearance. That's not what I'm here for. Yeah. I'm I my job is to like entertain you and make you laugh. Yeah. I'm not an object. Yeah. So yeah, when when people will um like I remember a live show we did a little while ago, um a guy walked in and he was like, "Hi Jess," and he was really lovely and we chatted a bit and he goes, "I love your shirt." I said, "Thank you. It's new." I don't know how I feel about it. He goes, no, I love it. It's great. I said, thanks very much. You know, and like in, in the context, it's, sometimes it can be fine. Yeah, that's lovely. That's fine. Yeah. But, yeah, it's when you just get random messages, it does, it irks me a bit too because I'm just like, I'm not an object. I'm not, yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, not decorative. Yeah. Yeah, That and, and that you wouldn't say that to a bloke yeah. in the same way. Yeah. I mean, I don't, because actually when I think about it, James and Meso get a lot of mail mm. and emails, but they very rarely get emails that are like, mm. you're beautiful. Yeah. You know, they might get, when James revealed his face, a few people were like, well, he's pretty good looking and handsome. <laughs> Ugh, we thought he was going to be a troll. And, you know, that was okay. That's fine. That's fine. But but it's not done very often. And yes. It's, and it's very rarely what they really value about yeah. their skill set. And in a way, that's kind of like they're mucking around a little bit there anyway yeah. in that context where it's like, oh, he's all right looking, thought he was going to be a troll. Like that's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah often it will be like Matt and Dave are so funny. Jess, you're gorgeous. And it's like, fuck you. I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't think I'm that funny, that's fine, whatever. But, like, I'm I, I'm not there as a as – you're right, that's a decorative. The, I'm not decorative. You're not the bauble. Yeah. Yeah. 
a triumph. <laughs> wow. Well, a part way of a triumph. Oh. So far, a triumph. I Look, to be honest, we've stopped it there because I don't think uh, brains could take in any more charisma. What was your favourite part? Oh, <laughs> if I had to pick, it'd be, uh, you know, I really liked how it started with the introduction. Uh-huh. Um, and then from there, the middle section was so good. I do actually genuinely like her introduction because unknowingly she introduces me with a quote from Amy Poehler, who's one of my favourite like performers ever. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well done, Tonti. <laughs> well done. Well done. Yeah. That's but why most... they call her the Tont. Tonti. Tonti. <laughs> now, most people would think that we've just recorded the intro, then recorded the outro, but we did sit here, mm-hmm. listen to it, staring mm-hmm. at Jess the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I was very uncomfortable. Yeah, wow. Jess started, she got comfortable as we went and started mouthing both parts. <laughs> She's then eventually getting up and playing the roles, yeah. um, blocking and facing, you know, different directions. You could tell the difference too between yeah. my portrayal of, physicality. Yeah, of me and also my portrayal of t- Claire. Yeah. Oh, with just one look. I know. I'm very That's talented all it took. actress. Um, if you want to hear the rest of that episode, you can obviously go and do that uh, at Just Make the Thing, which you can find on iTunes or other, you know, podcast app places. That's right, um, planetbroadcasting.com. People have been really lovely about the episode as well. Um, I've had some really, really positive and nice feedback about it. If you'd like to give positive feedback, please feel free. Um, negative feedback can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a that's a rule, a general rule. Yeah, I'm not joking. Just keep it to yourself. But <laughs> if you've got nice things to say, share them around. Not just to me. I mean in general, in just life. You know, you enjoyed a meal at a restaurant, let them know. You hated it, just leave. I mean, pay, oh, well, but leave. Okay. <laughs> Don't do a runner. Well, I was on the way out. <laughs> See ya. Well, I mean, it's not worth paying for, but I'm not going to be a prick. <laughs> just leave. Yeah. Just leave the thing, my podcast, <laughs> where I steal from restaurants. <laughs> oh, Dave, you're going to go to prison. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll be back with our uh, normal episode at our regular time in a few days, a few days. but uh, until then, uh, go out. And just make the thing. Yeah, do it. Laters. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.